Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash xm. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome, everyone, to episode 236 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Teporek, and today we have a new NBA champion. The Toronto Raptors defeated the Golden State Warriors in game six of the finals last night. They dethroned the Warriors dynasty, so we will talk about game six, and we will do our final by Felicia's of the year for the Warriors and the Raptors, talk about what's next for both teams. We'll also, of course, give the latest update on As the Brow Turns. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please uh, download, subscribe, give us some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Uh, it's going well. I did not punch a security officer. <laughs> Good. So you so, have zero things in common with Masai Ujiri because you are not an NBA champion and you are not facing a potential misdemeanor charge. That's a win. That's true. And I'm all yeah. And, and I'm, I'm also not a millionaire, unfortunately. So <laughs> right. Right. There's still time to throw that. One. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. Yeah. Right. Uh, so more, let's go right into Game Six before we start looking ahead. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there there was a lot in there. I mean, it's just a credit to both of these teams. Like, that was one of the most entertaining basketball games I saw not only this year, but in recent memory. I think yeah. both teams, just those whole series was fantastic. It was such a nice, refreshing change of pace from the Warriors just beating the hell out of LeBron James and the LeBron Jamesettes for the last couple of years. Right. Um, just a competitive, well-played, hard-fought series. The big story coming out of the game, of course, is Klay Thompson. He went up for a dunk late in the third quarter, came down on his left knee in a very awkward angle. Um, You could tell right away that something, you just had to hope for the best. He walks back to the locker room. He's being helped back to the locker room. And Mike Breen points out, if he doesn't shoot these free throws, he can't come back to the game. So someone clearly goes back to, you know, in the hallway, tells him that he limps back out, goes and hits the two free throws, then runs back on defense like he's just going to keep playing. They eventually foul, get him out. He tells Steve Kerr, give me two minutes, I'm going to be fine. Right after the game, he's diagnosed with a torn ACL. So, yeah. first of all, prayers up to Clay. Uh, you know, we, I wish we had the same conversation about Kevin Durant last episode with the Achilles, but Clay's in a similar boat in that he's going to be a free agent this summer. He is mm-hmm. going to miss most, if not all, of next season now. I'm assuming the Warriors still give him a five-year max. I don't think he has anything to worry about there, but 
it just sucks that we're not going to get to see Clay Thompson play much, if any, basketball next year. Right. So here's here's the way I look at it. I first of all, I agree with you entirely about the series. So entertaining. Um, you you know that I was on the whole spiel of Portland Denver that that was one of the best playoff series I'd seen in years. Right. Mm-hmm. I still stand by that, but I'm putting the final series, you know, right next to it. Yeah. So that means this year we've had two outstanding series that, in, at least in my opinion, have been better than any other series we've had over the last couple of years. So we've been really, really fortunate from a basketball perspective. Mm-hmm. The cost of this series, however, yeah, has been so steep because this series effectively cost the NBA – Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson for a year. Yeah, yeah. So we paid a very steep price, and they and they did, and and the Golden State Warriors did. Like everyone did, everyone paid a very steep price outside of the Toronto Raptors uh, for for this series and for this level of entertainment. And like I would absolutely make that trade off. In you know, if if they were healthy, and then you you got a little less entertainment value, that I would make that trade every day of the week because I want them healthy and playing. But those are the terms, and that's what happened, and that's unfortunate. But, I mean, at the very least, we can look back at this final series and, and know that it was played balls out, 100%. Every possession counted, and it was very, very entertaining. It was very well executed for both sides. I think that's the most important thing to take away from this. And let's hope that down the line, Clay and, and Katie's injuries are, are a minor footnote because... They return and are healthy and productive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'd also, we ha- we'd be remiss not to congratulate the Raptors, of course. They, of course. You know, they win their first championship in franchise history. Um, Kyle Lowry, especially, it just, it makes me very happy to see that guy win a ring. You know, mm-hmm. I, I slandered him a lot during the Sixers series. Because when you're going up against him, he's a very annoying player to play against with, you know, his incessant charge drawing and complaining to the refs but he plays really hard he's been doing the playing the game right for a long time you know he's come out a lot this postseason and talked about his maturation process and you know we had the incident with mark stevens uh earlier in these finals i'm just like he came out at the start of game six and was just nuclear like yeah and he knew in Oracle, the last game in Oracle, the crowd is gonna go, you know, it's gonna be rocking if they if the Warriors get out to an early lead. Like they could have drowned in that momentum very early and been pushed to a game seven. Kyle Lowry, I think he had eleven points in the first few minutes of the game. Like he's the only yeah. reason they were in that thing early on. So R.I.P. to the playoff Lowry choker narrative. It is dead and buried forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair that the narrative was what, what it was during that point in time, mm-hmm. because there was a there was a time where he just couldn't deliver in the playoffs, and I think that is reasonable to say still. But he just proved us wrong this year. Like yeah. this year, he showed up and he did everything he was supposed to do, and and and, and to be fair, he also had games where he wasn't really effective. I mean, much like Marcus All. Kawhi Leonard is still the the primary dude here all the way through. And I honestly think that the separation between him and Kyle 
did a lot in terms of the hierarchy because when you think mm-hmm. back back to the whole DeMar DeRose and Kyle Lowry pairing, there wasn't one of them who you looked at as, oh, this is the alpha. This right. is like the one guy who takes over. Like that was a cumulative effort. I, that word, I'll never, I'll <laughs> never learn. Yeah. Thank you. Yep, Thank I you. got you. Thank you. And, um, but here with Kawhi, like that's just so much easier. You had this top tier, clear cut number one option. And yeah. I think for Kyle specifically, that kind of helped him a lot. He could fly under the radar. He could take timely shots. The pressure wasn't as severe as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an interesting like psychological little wrinkle on everything. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree. I mean, well-deserved to Kyle. He he had 15 points in the first quarter. Yeah. And I was sitting there looking at his, his previous box scores because you know outside of the 23-point game, his highest game in the finals had been 18 points. So I was like, he's going to break that in the first quarter, isn't he? <laughs> Like that's, I mean, he just delivered at the best possible time, and I mean, he was outstanding. But we also need to acknowledge Pascal Siakam here. Yes, I've my God, I, the most improved player in the NBA, presumably. I can't imagine who else would win. Yeah, um, he, he he brought the dagger at the end, but he was just consistent throughout, hitting threes, you know, hitting floaters, those small push shots around the basket, like we've talked about all series long, like. You would think a 25-year-old in his third NBA season in on the biggest stage ever, uh, and, and honestly, his first season receiving big minutes, right? That he would that he would somewhat not necessarily crumple, but he he would at least be afraid of the moment. Like he took it, he yeah. took it all the way in. He like cherished it, and I, I was really surprised and very very uh, amazed. At just his mental approach to this series. Like, he came in just active. He had 32 points in game one. And, yeah, he had a few off games here and there. But that's totally fine. He's 25 years old in his third year. Like, I I don't have a problem with that. But the fact that he kept delivering here in the final stages of game six, I mean, that says everything. He's he's a remarkable talent. We need to talk more about him. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, Lord knows we will. Especially yeah. if Kawhi and... and- uh, Danny Green return and the Raptors run it back and are the defending champions next year. But either way, I mean, even if Kawhi leaves, like then Pascal Siakam is probably going to be their centerpiece, their long-term centerpiece, and he'll yeah, he's he's going to get a lot of buzz over the next. Are you are you trying to pluck my Forbes piece that I wrote <laughs> last month about that exact thing? I sure am. Perfect. Thank you. You're yeah. so good at that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So more. We, we need to talk about the, the grand scheme of this run. Do you buy into any asterisk talk for this Raptors no. title, given not only the KD injury now, you know, KD plays 12 minutes the whole series. Clay Thompson, you know, again, suffers the ACL tear in the third quarter. He, mm. if, if he was healthy and if he played that fourth quarter, you could conceivably argue the Warriors probably would have won that game. You know, they... It was a one-possession game. They were down one point with 10 seconds left. If if you have Clay Thompson in the fourth quarter instead of, like, Alfonso McKinney and Jonas Jarebko, you're probably winning that game. But so still no asterisk talk for you. For sure. Yeah. So if we go that route, should we then give the 1991 Bulls an asterisk? Because, <laughs> I mean, Byron Scott and James Worthy didn't play for— I think they played the first couple of games, and then they were out for the rest of the series. Those are two starters. Yeah. But no one really talks about that. Right. Should we talk about 
how and and why is it always like when the winner should have an asterisk? Like I, I would like to point out, and I think I mentioned this on the on the last podcast, like the Dallas Mavericks in 2011. No Karan Butler, man. Yeah. Like he played 30, 32 games that year, and then was out for the entirety of the playoffs as well, plus a major chunk of the regular season. Like he was on paper their second or third best player, and then you have. Dirk and Jason Kidd and Jason Terry and, and Sean Marion and Tyson Chandler as the primary core go up against LeBron James at the age of what, 25, 20, 20, 25, 26? Dwayne Wade in his prime, Chris Bosch in his prime, and, and beat them. But mm-hmm. like no one is putting an extra emphasis on Dallas's title because of that. So why does it only go towards like the winner? Oh, they shouldn't they might not have deserved it. Like right. I, I think it's a silly notion. Here's the thing. Everyone comes in on equal footing. Yeah, injuries suck, but it's part of the game. Yeah. I mean, the Raptors also missed OG Ananobi. I know that's obviously nothing compared to KD or, or Clay here in Game 6. Mm-hmm. But he's still a vital part. Like He's a major piece. He's yeah. a tremendous 3 and D player. But nobody talks about him. It was all about you know KD and Clay, which I get. They're big names. But injuries is a part of basketball, unfortunately. It, it is what it is. It needs to overcome it. Going back to the Bulls in 1998, Scottie Pippen could barely move against the Jazz in that final series. And and Mike had to take over. Like, those are the breaks. You need to overcome it. That's that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors in 2015 beat a Cavs team without Kevin Love the whole series. And Kyrie right. Irving got hurt in Game 1. In 2017, they were down 20 points to the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals when Kawhi gets hurt. In 2018, they're down 3-2 when Chris Paul suffers a hamstring strain that knocks him out for the final two games of the Western Conference Finals. I get the whole asterisk narrative. I understand mm-hmm. why that question is being raised. Right. I just think it's such a near-term perspective that when we look a couple years ahead, no one's going to remember. I, right. may, you know, Maybe people will bring it up. But I, I, I just think what the Warriors did even without those two guys... They showed they have, you know, this is the heart of a champion. Like, they really, they have nothing to be ashamed about. Like, they battled as hard as humanly possible. KD rushing back from the calf injury. Clay, again, Clay trying to run back and play defense on a torn ACL. It's just incredible. So, you know, just honestly, just hats off to both teams. Um the future <laughs> or did you just pull a Rashid Wallace there both teams played hard I mean, it really did <laughs> I, you know I don't know it's not like this isn't a 2011 heat like the, the the Warriors do not have to go back in their cave and brood for three months like right they did everything in their power they just got really unlucky at the worst possible time but mm. luck is a part you need luck to win a title and you know they, you they would tell you that <laughs> over the last five years they have benefited firsthand Absolutely. And, and at the same time, I, I also think it's important we, we don't diminish Toronto's defense because yeah. they absolutely found a way to frustrate Golden State. And yeah. I think that would have been the case even had they been fully healthy. And I don't really consider the 12 minutes of Kevin Durant fully healthy. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. For obvious reasons. Um, and Clay, even before the ACL tear, like he missed the game and he was kind of banged up as well. So. Yep. Um, but my point is, you've had so many defenders on Toronto that could just do so many things. They were so versatile. I mean, when you have you have Serge Ibaka coming off the bench 
and like switching on to smaller players while guarding the rim and swatting shots and rebounding like <laughs> that's a major asset and you have Fred Van Lee who can come in and just be gangbusters in the fourth quarter uh, it's there's the depth and the, and and the, the the simple competency of the of the Toronto Raptors bench and their entire front uh, starting unit their collective defensive effort their individual defensive effort it it was just amazing to me i mean they brought it all the way through and i think that even with a healthy durant and a, and a healthy clay at the very very least this would have been extremely competitive and far more competitive than we've seen you know in a in a cleveland series mm. yeah the starlight lounge presents an evening with the progressive box the moon yeah that's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. So Mort, we need to now do our final by Felicia's of the year. The and first ever. The first of... ever Warriors by Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. Exciting times. Exciting yeah. times. And just to clarify to the people out there, I know that we had this podcast when uh, the, the, the Cavaliers beat Golden State in 2016, mm-hmm. but we hadn't really coined the term by Felicia at that point. Right. So yeah, so I, I, that was like counts. our fourth episode ever. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was very early. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we already touched on Clay's injury a bit, but do you think this affects his free agency at all? So, oh, this is such a difficult question because on the one, one thing is will it? The other thing should it? Um, I don't necessarily think it will. But I'm I'm also pretty concerned about handing him like a five year max. I, I get that he okay, so he's clearly the best type of player to overcome an ACL injury, at least offensively. He doesn't really move around with the ball in his hand a lot. Like he cuts straight line or a semi circle, like catches and shoots. That that's a pretty. I'm not trying to downplay his, his significance, but that's that's a pretty simplistic play. That's the, mm-hmm. he plays in a very simplistic manner. Like he catches and shoots. He'll take maybe two triples and then he'll pass it or shoot it. Like he's he's a fundamentally sound and very simple basketball player in that sense. He never you know goes out of his way to take a bad shot. Defensively is where I'm worried because mm-hmm. he's a great def- he's a great defender, but if the ACL tear robs him of his lateral movement and he becomes a, a net negative defensively. Now, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case because he's very, very clever. Uh, and, and that can really, you know, pick up for, for a lot of slack. Um, but physically, if he's limited defensively significantly, that it becomes a concern because, like, he's creeping in on Ferdy. And, yep. I mean, he's going to be older. Uh, Durant is 31, so if you max him out as well, 
and you're pl- you're looking at a team that's going to go into their 30s like earning you know, 40 plus million each and everyone mm-hmm. that's drastic man um so i don't know i don't know what the the process here is here for clay i think it's so dangerous to pay for past if you catch my drift like you yeah. should pay for future always right, right. and i don't know I'm re- I'm really not sure. I would be I wouldn't hesitate necessarily if I'm Golden State because of the the, the chance of him returning and being effective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not like feeling entirely happy about it or optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Golden State, you have to offer him a five year max, if only just because of what he just did in Game Six. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they're not going to have cap space, even if Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson both leave this summer, and DeMarcus Cousins. They already have $82.2 million of guaranteed salary on their books. Right. They, they aren't going to have, they can't create max cap space unless they trade one of Steph, Dre, or Iggy. So it's not a matter of, okay, well, we can let Clay go and Kawhi's going to sign with us. Like, this is not 2016. They right. don't have better options. So for that reason, I think you do just, you max him just because you realize this guy's, I, I mean, I understand your point, don't pay for the past, but this guy was a critical part of three title runs and five straight runs to the finals. I think you can be reasonably confident that once he, he you know, you, you assume he misses next year. Yeah. And then depending on what KD does, if he resigns with you or picks up his player option, whatever, you're probably paying an exponential uh, luxury tax bill for a team that will struggle to win 50 games next year because mm-hmm. you, you're going to be missing two of your top pieces and you don't have the cap space to replace them. But I just think he's such an important part of this franchise, and I would have confidence in him getting back to the level he was before. I, I think Achilles injuries are harder to work back from for sure. long-term perspective than ACLs. Um, I don't see any reason necessarily that Clay can't get back to his previous heights, even though, I mean, as you said, he's getting older. You do have to worry a little bit about whether it affects his mobility at all, but I, I still think the Warriors no-brainer five-year max him. I would not be not be very worried if I'm Clay Thompson. Maybe they do what the Sixers did with Embiid and, like, partially guarantee years four and five in case mm. he does have any injuries or you know whatever um but I, I just think i would be i would still be very very surprised if clay thompson is not a golden state warrior in the start of the 2019 2020 season and keep in mind i'm not trying to knock his abilities here oh, like he's sure. obviously you know tremendously talented i'm just kind of concerned about you know a significant injury yeah. Because while you know we have seen players come back from ACL tears that have done great, I mean, one of the best examples right now is actually Zach Levine, who yeah. looks about I mean as as great as he's ever been, and that's post ACL. So the league has done better, and the medical you know the medical industry and, and advancements has has made an ACL tear less uh, threatening for like a career ending um, scenario, right. which is definitely optimistic. <clears throat> it's just a matter of me of you know looking over their <laughs> their entire team and their salary structure and 
you know, you just don't want to go there and sit with a guy who's like 32, 33 at some point, who's maybe had like a significant level of injuries or some flare-up injuries for you know, a series of years. That's what concerns me. Yeah. yeah. Whether that's going to be a thing, I don't know. Like he might come, it's Clay Thompson, he might come back. And even then, he, you know, he might be suffering a few injuries and be like, eh, screw it, I'm going to play anyway. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, everything's up in the air. I agree with you logically because they don't have cap space. It just makes sense to, to go that route because they're not going to be able to go out and say, hey, you know, Kawhi Leonard uh, or whatever. Because, right. you know, Iggy's still on the cap. Draymond is on the cap. Curry, obviously. I mean, there are a lot of money on that. Uh, on the on the books, um, Sean Livingston is going to come uh, is going to come off them though, yeah, presumably assuming Presum- he retires, which it seems like he will. Yeah, so that's something. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's just not money available. So yeah, I, I think it's the long term thing that that bothers me a little bit. That's fair. Ed, yeah, th- that's the question with Kevin Durant too. We talked about him last episode, so we don't need to go too far into it. But we have seen reporting in the days since. Um, Bobby Marks of ESPN spoke with a couple teams, and Kendra Berger of Bleacher Report spoke with a couple teams, and both of them said they don't expect the Achilles injury to deter Kevin Durant from getting the four-year maxes that he was always going to get in free agency. Wow. I mean, look, I'm waffling a little bit on Clay, mm-hmm. but I am far more—I feel far more safe with Clay than I do Durant and an Achilles injury. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, the, I, in Berger's article, the whole thing was like, he spoke with a couple executives and they basically said, the teams that were planning to go after KD and, in other words, the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. they're just too far down that road that you can't pivot at this point. That's interesting. But here's, here's the big question. I think we, we talked about it a little bit. Imagine if the Knicks sign KD first, right? Right. Do you think that could dis, you know, dissuade other players from signing there because they're looking at that Achilles injury and going, hmm, four years for Kevin Durant with an Achilles injury and we don't know how he's going to turn out next year? No, right. thank you. Right. At least guys who want to be in the title picture next year because you're right. assuming KD is not going to play at all. And yeah, maybe you have the opportunity to be a number one option for the Knicks for a year, but then yeah, you're you're gambling your fate. I mean, you know, the Knicks whole plan we talked about it last episode was Durant and Irving. Now it, I mean, all of the signs are pointing to Kev, uh, Kyrie Irving going to the Nets instead of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So that's step one gone. Um, maybe the Knicks pivot to Kemba Walker, but Kemba Walker comes out yesterday and says his first priority Charlotte, and he'll he'll take less than the supermax to stay. So that goes up in smoke. Clay Thompson. By the way, I respect the hell out of that. I know that pe- people were actually... Okay, I'm sorry, this is just a minor rant that I yeah. need to get off. Like, why were people slandering Kemba Walker online for that? I mean, he 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 was asked a question. He mm-hmm. answered. He was he was very, very honest in that reply. Like, let, let's just call it like it is. He he shared what the interviewer wanted to, to know. Like, he was willing to take less money. Yeah. And for some reason, he cut flack for it. Like, Why? You're not Kimber Walker. Like, if he wants to stay in Charlotte, if he has a deep emotional connection with that community and that organization, why in the hell are you trying to to sort of pivot him to some other team and calling him dumb or whatever mm-hmm. for wanting to stay where he is? Like, that's his that's his choice. That's the entire point of free agency. Damn it! Like, uh, he has the right to stay if he wants to, 
and yeah. he has the very right to take less money if he wants to. Like it, it boggles my mind how people got bent out of shape of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a like sadness for Kemba in the sense that if you resign there, and even if you give them a discount they're not going to be able to assemble a championship caliber team right. around you right away. So it's like if, you know, people want to see him like go deep in the playoffs and that's probably not going to happen. But as you said, it's Kemba's life. Screw everyone yeah. else. Like if, exactly. if he's, if he's happy like, in Charlotte, I was thinking about this, you know, like back in the early two, 2010s, I got a job offer in New York that would have paid me twice as much money as I was earning at the time, but I would have had to leave uh, you know, I was living in D.C. at the time. I was dating my now wife. I would have had to leave to go up to New York to see her, or to to, and I couldn't see her. We would have gone long distance. And I hate New York. I spent three days there, and I need to get the hell out. Like it's just <laughs> not for me. Maybe Kemba's the same way. Maybe he just really likes living in Charlotte. And yeah. if he's happy there, and he's gonna make close to two hundred million dollars, who are any of us to criticize that? That's fine. It's his life. It's his choice. Like, good for you, Kemba. So, but the, the well, whole your, point your is, example, your example, however, you knew she was going to be a doctor. Hopefully. Yeah. At the time, <laughs> that, that was still, it was still a little more up in the air back then. We were still oh, okay. Fair enough. Because I'm imagining young Brian going, hmm, a doctor. I can support my basketball writing at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. No, it, it was less clear at the time. Um, <laughs> But the whole point is, so like Kemba is probably not a realistic option for the Knicks if they get to KD. So then you're already mm. moving Clay Thompson now. We th- this raises more uncertainty about him. So now you're like already past the top tier guys. Kawhi's not going there. There's it's just not going to happen. Oh yeah, no, no. So now you're already out of the first tier, and now you're looking at the Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Nick Vucevic, those types of guys as your number two. And Chris yeah. is probably staying because he loves Milwaukee. Right, exactly. So like it, it gets bleak quickly for the Knicks or any other team that was considering signing Durant. So it's going to be interesting. I, I still do think he goes to New York. Um, I could see that, yeah. Just I mean, I just think there's been too much smoke behind it. And now, even if... I mean, even if he wanted to go back to the Warriors... Now with the clay stuff too, like he knows they're not going to win next year. So the best you can hope for is 2020, 2021. At that point, their tax bill is just so, you know, so massive. There's no way for them to really bolster their supporting cast, which really hurt them in this series. Dre will be a free agent that summer. There's just a lot of uncertainty about the Warriors moving forward. Like, I think it's fair to say that the Warriors' dynasty ended last night. I mean, I think you are you could be right. Absolutely. I mean, it took a major hit. Uh, the, the two injuries alone is a, is a major sign of that. Uh, you don't know what versions are coming back. You don't even know if KD is coming back. And, and also, I mean, I, I get that he, he bounced back in the playoffs, but Draymond is not getting younger necessarily. Right. Um, he looked really, really good in these playoffs. I'll oh, give yeah. him that much. I mean, he he looked like he was five years younger. So so that's awesome for him. I I, I gotta admit, I had almost written him off as like a future max guy, but he's like right now, at least based off this playoff specifically, he looks like a max guy. Well, I mean, will he, that continue? He came out and 
said he was woefully out of shape until mid-March, and then he lost 20 pounds, and all of a sudden started playing hard. So yeah, like, he mailed it in during the regular season, which is fine. Like, when you're going on, at that point, he had gone through four straight finals runs. He's hoping to go on a fifth. You gotta pace yourself. It's a 100-game slog. Like, I don't blame him for doing that, but yeah, it's a fair point moving forward of... How much longer can he sustain that type of thing before he just turns into Shaq? Right, and 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 furthermore, and I, you and I have talked about this before. He's an energy player. Energy players they actually end up just dropping off the map a little bit sooner, because at some point, like that energy level, like they get older, they get past thirty, yeah. and at some point, that energy just isn't there anymore. You just <laughs> turn thirty, you know. Yep. I mean. <laughs> that all that energy just goes away a little bit and it's it's like instead of screaming into the faces of your opponent you're like what's on netflix (laughs) right right right. so he loses a half step and that changes his game completely right so so there's definitely a lot of risk involved there but yeah you're right yeah i i mean i actually wrote a piece today i think it's up already at the basketball writers um about you know i i think the raptors really did just usher in a new era of parody by dethroning the Warriors and not only by beating them and you know Masai Ujiri was the one guy or I mean Daryl Morey too I guess but there are very few teams after DeMarcus Cousins signs the taxpayer mid-level there everyone just immediately says oh my god the Warriors ruined the league there's no point to this (laughs) season they're just gonna win again why do we even bother with this Masai was like yeah well you know maybe that's true but let me go all in let, you know, my team has reached its peak already. Like with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, we've hit our ceiling. We keep running into the same obstacle. Let's shake things up. Let's be bold. Let's take a gamble. Trade for Kawhi Leonard coming off of this quad injury that no one knows how healthy he is. He's a free agent in a year. He wants to go back to L.A. We can't be sure that we're going to keep him beyond this season. But screw it. Let's go take our shot at this dynasty. At the trade yep. deadline, let's double down on it. Let's trade Valanciunas for Marcus Gasol, who's in the same boat. He could become a free agent if things go south this year. Like, we could really be screwed in four months. Instead, all of those gambles paid off. They're now champions. And I think now, especially given the KD and Clay injuries, regardless of whether those guys resign in Golden State or go elsewhere, now teams are going to say, oh my god, the Warriors, they're not a threat next year. And all of a sudden, we could talk ourselves into being legit title contenders. Like, it feels like right now, you know, the draft hasn't happened, free agency hasn't happened, a lot could change in the next few weeks. But right now, the title picture feels more wide open than it's been since before the Big Three Heat era? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, at least at this stage, yeah. And it only takes one big move. Um so, so this is just like sheer coincidence that it's a Bulls example, but I saw someone on Twitter say like, let's imagine the Bulls actually came into the, like, the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Yeah. And and they offered like Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter plus the seventh for, for Davis, which on the surface is actually not a poor return in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. uh, at least compared to other offers I've seen out there. Like <laughs> for example, whatever the Knicks could offer. Right. Um, like would, would a core of, Anthony Davis, Zach Levine, and Otto Porter, like, would that be able to at least go far in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Like, on its surface, they might. As yeah. crazy as it sounds, like, they 
they actually might. So I think there are more teams that looks at this championship from the Raptors and going, hey, you know what? Maybe we should throw our chips in for AD. Yes. He may be gone in a year. Yeah. But if we can get to the finals or if we can make the conference finals, as opposed to you know being in, in the middle-ish of, of the league or maybe outside the playoff picture, if we can make a run, we can sell a bunch of jerseys, we can get some a lot of national TV games, whatever. Like that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I I I will have a column up. It's already written, and we're just gonna wait a day or two until all the immediate finals reaction dies down. But I, I have a column going up at TBW sometime this weekend about that as well. How nice. I think the Kawhi trade is going to inspire some imitators. Portland really stands out to me as the one team where. You know, if we're looking for teams in a similar situation to ter- where Toronto was last year, they're the one where I could really see something happening. Now, do they have the assets to get Anthony Davis? That I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily know that CJ McCollum as the centerpiece does it for New Orleans, especially because the, the Blazers don't really have a lot in terms. They'd have to give up Zach Collins, presumably, but they don't have yeah. much in terms of really enticing blue chip young guys um but like teams for boston and denver though that yeah well i mean i get it especially Mm -hmm. because the west now is so wide open but right they are boston and denver it's at least different from toronto in that the pieces you're giving up in a presumptive anthony davis trade are the ones you would rebuild around if davis leaves in 2020 like, if you're Boston, you're giving up Tatum, Brown, the picks, some combination of that. If you're Denver, you're probably giving up Jamal Murray or Gary Harris, Michael yeah. Porter Jr., Malik Beasley. you know, Monte Morris. Yeah. yeah. So I could understand a bit more hesitation in that sense because you're not necessarily breaking up a stagnant core that's hit its ceiling. You're, you're breaking up a young core that still has a lot of room to grow. Right, and the Raptors have that luxury of actually being deep right. and young on right. the bench. I mean, that that's the, it's a pretty young bench. Norman Powell is like 25. Pat McCall, even though he only played 12 minutes, 23. Uh, I mean, to, let me just see. Fred Van Vliet, of course. I was yep. looking for that name. He's yep. 20, 25, 24, I want to say. He's a, he's somewhere in that area. That's not old. Right. Ibaka, 29, like, that's that's fine. That's not a an old bench whatsoever. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance and now an ad from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. So, well, since you brought up the Raptors more, let's 
head into it feels wrong to call it a by felicia because they just won oh, the title yeah so, they stopped by felicia yeah we, we'll just call it like what's next for the raptors because they right they too have a very interesting summer ahead um as much as you know all of toronto i'm sure is still celebrating but in less than th- three weeks and two weeks basically Kawhi leonard's gonna be an unrestricted free agent mm-hmm. how do you think this title run affects his view of what he's going to do this summer i have no idea (laughs) i have no idea he's Kawhi leonard Uh, i don't think he's ever said anything that makes me lean one way or the other right so i mean i'm coin flip i have no idea really he he is the best kept secret in the nba by his own sheer personality which i love in in some respects actually but no idea i mean uh, hopefully he stays. I know that you'll hate it because you're a Sixers fan and you're biased as hell, but, I mean, I, w- I would love to see Toronto r- roll this back. Absolutely. I mean, instead of always gathering these teams on the West Coast with, you know, stars upon stars upon stars in L.A. or San Francisco, whatever, like, yeah, it'd be super-duper nice to have one of the top three, at worst, five players in the NBA be in Toronto. I would love that. Yeah. I'm torn between two camps here. One, if Kawhi leaves, no one in Toronto can begrudge him. Of course. You know, they, they knew going in this could be a one-year rental. They won the first ring ever. Like, he's going to be a Raptors legend from now until the end of time. So if he leaves yeah. and goes to the Clippers or whatever, I I would understand some frustration, but, like, whatever man that's that's the risk you take and it paid off and you know good for you uh, that would be the weirdest nba resume ever by the way when you look at like his basketball reference page like yeah. someone does like in 25 years oh Kawhi leonard like the nba legend dad did you know he used to play for the raptors yeah son look look he actually won a ring that year it was finals mvp wait what what <laughs> that, that's gonna right be away? the weirdest yeah <laughs> That's that's gonna be the weirdest thing. Like yeah. if he leaves, and then yeah, one, like on basketball reference, he'll have a, that one year. He only played sixty games. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's that. But then also, I kind of think I I have a column at Forbes that will be live by the time you all listen to this. It's going up later today. If he stays with Toronto, I don't think he signs a five year deal. I think his Agreed. best move is to sign a one plus one. I know he's got the quad injury to worry about, so he may want the long-term security, and maybe he goes to the Clippers because of that. Um, especially after you know he was had a front court seat to two superstars suffering year-long injuries in mm-hmm. KD and Clay, so maybe that scares him into wanting a long-term deal. The reason I say one plus one if he stays in Toronto is because Marcus is going to pick up. He has a $25.6 million player option. No-brainer. He's picking that up. Agreed. Him, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Fred Van Vliet all expire after next season. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, if he does not agree to an extension by mid-October, will be a restricted free agent next summer. I think if With you a take low the cap one, hold. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If you take the one plus one, mm-hmm. you run back with this core. Danny Green's the only other free agent of note. And I think if Kawhi resigns, Danny Green resigns, they have bird rights on him. You know, most likely he's staying as well. Mm-hmm. Run back this core for one more year. 
then see what happens. If, you know, like, these guys aren't young, is the thing. Like, if you're Kawhi, are you tying your fate, your long-term fate, to a 34-year-old Marc Gasol, a 33-year-old Kyle Lowry, a soon-to-be 32-year-old Danny Green? You know, Serge Ibaka will be 30 by the time the season tips off in the fall. I don't know. I don't necessarily think you are. I think I can understand wanting to stay and defend the ring because, as we just talked about, there's going to be a wide-open race. If Toronto runs everyone back, there's no reason to expect they wouldn't be right in the thick of it next year. But I just can't see him saying, you know what? I, I feel like we have certainty about the Raptors' future. I'm going to do a five-year deal in Toronto this summer. Right. But this is why I mentioned the cap hold on Siakam because after the one, yeah, the first year in the one plus one, mm-hmm. you know, then you can get the old cronies off the books. Yep. Maybe they sign sweetheart deals. You don't know. And then the cap could go, I mean, the cap will go up, obviously, by mm-hmm. that time. You have the low cap hold on Siakam. So maybe you can actually find someone who is of in the same age bracket as Kawhi, who's also a fringe star who can come in and really give that team a push. Yeah. I, I think the free agent class in 2020 is projected to be somewhat underwhelming, but <laughs> Draymond Green, maybe he calls Kawhi for the parking lot. <laughs> says, hey, Kawhi, I, uh, save some cap space for me, buddy. I'm coming to Toronto in 2020. Let's, let's just be the best defensive tandem of all time. And then he'll, then he'll go, we already have you. His name is Pascal. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and adding more uncertainty to this whole situation is the Woj bomb that dropped last night. At oh, man. Five seconds after the Raptors win the title, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports, the Wizards are preparing to offer Raptors president of basketball operations, Masai Ujiri, a deal that could approach $10 million annually. And deliver him the opportunity for ownership equity. Hmm. So we don't know if Masai Ujiri is going to be the one running this team beyond this, you know, heading into next year. Well, who says the Raptors won't match that offer? It's fair. That's a fair question. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything refuting that. I mean, I haven't seen anyone suggesting that. But, I mean, if an offer comes in from an, from another party, you can go to your team because the, the you know the, the contract here isn't as complicated as the uniform contracts right like you can go and tell your team hey you know what i'm getting offered this this contract by another team do you have any interest in matching it or just come close because i like yeah. being here and i like not having to deal with john wall's contract for 4 years <laughs> right right there's, and, there's no salary cap on front office executives right. whatever medical phil staff, jackson whatever. is the perfect example of that. <laughs> right right <laughs> And so, I mean, look, Toronto. Can can we also? I mean, they're they're actually one of those teams in the league that pays their executives well, mm-hmm. and everyone they like their staffs well. That that's at least the word that we have on them. Like they really take care of their own. Yeah. The front core, front office guys, like coaching staff, medical staff, like they take care of their people. At the same time, they're the only they're their only NBA team in an entire country, and after this championship, I can't imagine. Uh, their profit level not increasing significantly. Yeah. So why not? Why not go all in with Masai and go, hey, you know what? You brought us the first ever championship, NBA championship in Canada. <laughs> yeah, you're worth it. 
come yeah. back. Part of me wonders if what Kawhi decides will determine what Masai decides. Like if if Kawhi resigns, maybe Masai mm. says, "All right, let's run it back. I'll stay. That's fine." If he leaves, you're looking at a rebuild immediately because all of right. those guys are expiring after next year. You're probably going to flip them at some point and just get whatever you can. Like, frankly, I mean, you know, we, we've been talking about this for a while. The dearth of top tier free agents compared to how many teams have max cap space and now KD and Clay knock out two of those top tier guys in terms of immediate contention. Like, if Kawhi leaves and the Lakers strike out in free agency, the first call I'm making if I'm Masai Ujiri is, hey, Lakers. Do you want Kyle Lowry? Do you want Serge Ibaka? Mm-hmm. Do you want Marcus All? Any of them are up for grabs. But I mean, doesn't most general managers kind of like this idea of rebuilding or, or just building a roster? Yeah. Well, I mean, because if he goes to the Wizards, that's exactly what he's going to have to do as well. Not exactly because he's handicapped. Yeah, because of the wall deal. Right. Yeah. He's but- he's going to have far more flexibility in Toronto. Maybe you just make your money. Maybe you just sit back on your pile of $60 million. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. That Maybe, got, but... Got job security. I'm good. But here's the thing about Masai, right? He, I mean, he kind of likes being on stage as well. Remember yeah. the whole F Brooklyn thing? Yeah, years yeah, back? yeah, yeah. Like, he likes to be... Who cares about the Wizards? Yeah. No. Sorry, Wizards fan. I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, it's it's well known that the Wizards are just not... An organization that garners much fan interest or yeah. media interest for that matter. Well, well, DC is a transplant city. There just aren't. Yeah. There's a lot of people who move there from other places who don't get passionate about the Wizards. I mean, DC is very much a football town. Like the yeah. the Washington professional football team is. Um, <laughs> is I got that reference. Yeah, yeah. is uh, is definitely the biggest draw in town. And then when the other teams are doing well, the Nationals, the Capitals, the Wizards, when they're making the playoffs and they have big flashy stars, yeah, sure, fans come out in the playoffs and get excited. But no, I mean you're right. It's it's not you're you're not slandering Wizards fans, but like they would be the first to admit there just isn't a hugely passionate fan base in DC for that team. Right. Mia Khalifa can only do so much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. I'm sorry. So let's say Kawhi stays in Toronto, either on a short-term or long-term deal. Do you think the Raptors, are? should they be the favorites next year? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it if they were. Uh, I, I think, the, I, I look at Kyle Lowry's age. And Marcus Allsage, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, you touched upon it before. Uh, they're not going to get better. <laughs> I, think that, right. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. We don't really know about Kawhi's quad, but I mean, it's still Kawhi. Yep. Uh, so it really depends on Van Fleet, you know, how some of those guys, who they retain, maybe they keep Pat McCaw on a economic deal that makes sense for them. Um and but I, I so many things come into play here. Yeah. I mean personally, and I've said this a million times before. I still think it's Milwaukee and Denver next year. Uh, I think Giannis is only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he seems to be still you know rising upwards. Whereas I don't want to say Kawhi is leveling off. I, I'm not I'm not saying that at all. But he, I I think he's closer to having reached his ceiling now 
Yeah, I than mean, Giannis just based is. on age, I think that's fair. Based on age, yeah, right, and and like just you know he's reached the mountaintop twice now as well, so I, I think he's he's close to being a finished product. Whereas Giannis, I mean, I, I can't put a percentage on it, but I think there's still significant growth there. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and when you look at Denver on the other side of it, they're so young. I mean, you and I talked about it so so much here this season. You look at that team that's so competent and so disciplined, and then you realize like half the roster is like twenty four or under. Right, right. I mean, it's Ed, it's Michael frankly Porter ridiculous. Jr. is coming back. We don't know what Michael they're going to get out of him. Right. Maybe they make a trade and and you know remove Will Barton and get something something else in that's mm-hmm. that fits their team a little bit more. I mean, I don't know. There are so many options at play. Uh, but I wouldn't hate it if if the odds came in and like, hey, let's give some respect to the Raptors. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they would. They definitely be on the short list of top contenders. And frankly, at this point, I almost do hope Kawhi comes back, just so like I would love to see the Sixers get another shot at them next year. I, I you know, I think that was. I think it's very telling that Zach Lowe has now had two columns. And I haven't listened to every podcast he's done recently, but I would assume this has come up at least in a podcast as well. I have, so you can ask me. Okay. Has he met? So at least in two columns now, he's brought up that the Raptors were most on their heels in the playoffs between game three, games three and four of the Sixers series. Right. He like apparently they're just like these guys are gigantic. We have no idea what we can do against them. You know they they thumped us in game three. We're genuinely nervous right now. Yeah, the I mean the size argument, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. touched on that. So yeah. yeah, so I would like I, I regardless of what happens with Kawhi, I kind of hope he comes back, and I hope the Sixers run it back, and I'd love to see a Raptors Sixers series again, even though it'll take years off of my life. <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you're actually embracing this now, whereas before you were like, oh, I don't want Kawhi in the East because it's going to hurt my beloved Sixers, who are led by Elton Brand and Will Smith. So <laughs> I, I would like an easier path to a title, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't hold the enmity I do against the Boston Celtics that I do against the Toronto Raptors. Like it, when the Raptors won, it was like that was a good, hard-fought series. Good for you. I hope you guys go all the way. Do us proud. The Celtics, it was like, I hope every one of you leaves this summer, and I want Danny Ainge to just sit and cry for three months. So, Yeah, I, I mean, you had a major vendetta against Aaron Baines. Oh, I, I still know. do. And I, I, yeah. That stupid leprechaun opted in, so now I have to deal <laughs> with him for one more year. Pisses me off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to to one of our listeners just tagging him on Twitter. <laughs> hey, do you know what Brian just called you? <laughs> A seven foot lucky charm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but but I mean, rather the Raptors coming in as favorite than the Lakers, right? Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store 
clearance. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. I was... What a perfect way to transition because oh, we need great. to we need to go into the latest as the brow turns and as we saw um, <laughs> odds came out this morning from Jeff Sherman of the Superbook in Vegas he posted uh, odds for next season's title winner the Los Angeles Lakers are currently the favorites at nine to two followed by Milwaukee. And the Clippers at six to one, Rockets at eight to one, Raptors at ten to one, Celtics, Sixers twelve to one, Warriors fourteen to one, Nuggets, Thunder sixteen to one, Knicks twenty to one. So it would seem as though look, look I mean, here's the thing we should preface about Vegas odds. They mm-hmm. are meant to manage risk and induce stupid betting. So yeah. The Lakers are a very public team, so fans, Lakers fans are prone to throw money on them. So by setting them as the favorites, you're managing the risk of, oh, if they do get Anthony Davis and if they do get a third star and the West is so wide open now, we won't, our, you know, our sports book won't go bankrupt here. Right. But, you know, there's a chance that they don't get Anthony Davis and they don't get a superstar. And, and they don't get a new GM who's competent. They don't get a, a new assistant man, an assistant coach who won't be trying to take over the team in right. two years. Yeah, right. Okay. So and then LeBron just wallows and tweets Arthur memes for the whole season. Yeah, so <laughs> there is a strong chance that happens as well. So, uh, in terms of the Anthony Davis stuff, um, Woj reported Wednesday that the Celtics and Lakers have engaged the Pelicans in trade talks for him. Uh, David Griffin, the executive vice president of basketball operations for the Pelicans, is now open to multi-team deals as well, so three or four team Mm -hmm. deals. It sounds like Woj said the Lakers have offered Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, the number four pick. There are conflicting reports as to whether Kyle Kuzma has been offered or whether he's the sticking point for both sides, but at least those three pieces are definitely on the table. It sounds like not Kuzma... Is, is not the sticking point or is not on the table? How how could he be the sticking... Here's the thing, right? You're you're the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. You've got all in with LeBron James. LeBron yeah. freaking James. Yeah. Who's going to be 35 this year. If Kyle Kuzma is your sticking point <laughs> for for tra- trading for Anthony freaking Davis, yeah. then it's about as bad as it's going to get. And I understand that the Lakers right now are the laughing stock of the league. Yep. But if this turns out to be true, and this is this is going to be widely reported, it's even worse than that. Mm-hmm. Like that would be one of the major non-trade storylines for the next twenty years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I think so. I wrote about this at Forbes and like the Lakers' pursuit of Davis and how it could affect their free agency plans. Because if you're the Lakers, the ideal order of operations is. You come to terms on a deal 
for Davis ahead of the draft if the number four pick's involved because the Pelicans will obviously want input on who they're picking or if the four pick goes somewhere else and you get a player, whatever. The, if the four pick is involved, whoever gets that pick is going to want to have a say in who they select there. You can't do the deal until the moratorium lifts on July 6th. If you're the Lakers, ideally, you spend the rest of your cap space first, because right now you have just enough to squeeze in a 7-9 to nine max, which starts at $32.7 mm-hmm. million. Then you agree to a Davis deal, because then you have to worry about salary matching, but the four-pick, Lonzo, and Ingram alone cover it if Davis waives his 15% trade kicker. If you... The Pelicans, if I'm the Pelicans... I'm insisting that the deal goes down on July 6th because the right. Lakers have salary cap space, so they don't have to worry about matching salaries for Davis. But if even if the Lakers cleared out every single contract on their books aside from LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they still owe $5 million in stretch salary to Lou Aldang, then you add 10 incomplete roster chargers. They mm-hmm. only have 30, $30.5 million in cap space, so they would not have enough to get a third max star. So that's, like, if I'm the Pelicans, that's how I screw them over. I say, you know yep. what? You try to sabotage our chemistry by leaking this trade uh, request ahead of the deadline. You screwed yourself over. If you want Anthony Davis, that's fine. But you need to deal the deal right when the moratorium lifts. Because otherwise, like, if you do the whole salary matching thing, the pick itself does not count for anything in salary matching until the Lakers sign that player. Right. And then the Lakers would have to wait 30 days before they could trade that pick. So if, if that scenario unfolds, Anthony Davis will not officially be wearing purple and gold until um, you know, sometime in late July, beginning of August. Same deal that happened with Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins with the Cavs back in 2014. Right. I love that. That yeah. you, you thought long and hard about trolling the Lakers here in that piece. <laughs> yeah, I liked I, it. I mean, I just think it's like the logical way to go if you're the Pelicans. If you, because I think the Pelicans will not want to trade. Like they don't want to make Anthony Davis happy. They're pissed at him. Of they, course, you know they they don't want the Lakers to assemble a big three overnight. And they know if you acquire Anthony Davis ahead of free agency, that makes you more attractive to other star free agents because you could envision yourself building a big three, and all of a sudden the Warriors are vulnerable and like. You could very easily talk yourself into the Lakers at least making the finals with LeBron Davis and superstar free agent X. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm the Pelicans, that's exactly what I do. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. By the way, also uh, regarding the Lakers here, remember all the rumors that they were going to go after Clay? Yeah. Like, that's off the table as well now. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to play a maybe a full year. Right, like you can't you can't waste another year of LeBron's final. I don't want to even say final years. He, I guess he's still in his prime. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to waste one year of that of LeBron's prime at this right. uh, at this age. Right, you just don't. I mean, this is like win now. They have to walk away with something. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the the Durant and Clay injuries are very bad news for any team that has other potential max caliber players so if milwaukee was hoping chris middleton would sign for less than the max if philly was hoping butler harris would sign for less than the max maybe those guys do out of the goodness of their own hearts but 
yeah, now the Lakers are going to be that much more dogged about, you know, July 30th, 6 p.m. They're going to mm. email over a four-year, $140.6 million contract to all three of those guys. Yeah. It's like, who wants it? We got one. Wh- which one of you three will take it first? <laughs> the first one to call. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, it's going to be – I mean, if the number four pick – if the sticking point is that the Pelicans – don't want the four pick and they want another player whoever that may be you know there have been some reports that it's bradley beal right this is why i'm not running an nba team because i just don't know how that's where it gets tricky in terms of the salary matching i don't know how you make that work if it's a three-team deal i mean i guess you would have to do the four pick straight up for beal because then you would take Beal into your cap space and then trade him to the Pelicans, but his salary is so much bigger. Like him mm-hmm. for Davis is basically would be legal straight up. So then, if you include Ingram and Ball, I think you would have to take back at least one bad salary, probably Solomon Hill in that point. Um, it, it gets complicated quickly, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure how they would make it work necessarily. And also, I would think. God, I mean, we'll see who's running the Wizards at that point. But I would hope the Wizards would want more than just the number four pick and what's perceived to be a top three draft for Bradley Beal. I I was just about to say that. I mean, the fourth for Beal is a joke. Yeah. An absolute joke. Knowing what we know about this draft, right now at least, which is there is supposedly a major drop-off after the first two, actually. Right. Sion and John Morant. Like... After that, it's it's like a platter of different names that could, you know, go from anywhere from three to eight. Yeah, and be jumbled up and down. It, the only thing that kind of made this draft even weirder were the two promises made to Darius Garland and Kobe White. Mm-hmm. That's kind of added some structure into how most people think the draft will actually turn out. Mm-hmm. But if those promises hadn't been made, like it would have been a complete s show right now. Yeah. Completely. Right. I mean, I would think the Wizards would want at least one decent young player. Maybe Kuzma goes there. Maybe Josh Hart goes there. Oh, interesting. Plus, yeah. plus future picks as well. Like, I I don't know. It's going to get messy. But yeah. <laughs> needless to say, you know, we're, we're less than a week from the draft now. It sounds like the Pelicans want to get a Davis deal done in mm-hmm. the next six days. So... Stay tuned. I, I would imagine our next episode is probably going to be an emergency pod reacting to the Anthony Davis trade. Oh, let's hope. Let's hope. That could be fun. Yeah. I mean, I think and, it's going to happen. I think it happens this weekend at some point. And you and I have talked about doing a live podcast, a live emergency podcast. That's Maybe true. Maybe this is the time. That might be That might be the occasion. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law yeah. is going to be in town this weekend, so I, I already I feel like when she gets off the plane, I'm just going to need to preemptively explain... Uh, <laughs> yeah. welcome to nashville i'm probably gonna need to leave for two hours at some point when, whenever this trade goes down and she'll be like oh thank god yeah <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean we we have the draft in a week too so we will at yeah. some point early next week i think we will do a full draft preview because we haven't done all that much we've been too preoccupied with a shockingly competitive playoffs um, but, right, but now the real fun begins. More, this is our time. 
these this next few is weeks. Always our time. Yeah, uh, man, I'm I'm already looking forward to mid July. Just to like, <laughs> if the next month doesn't kill me, I don't know what will. Well, I mean, I'm having a baby, so <laughs> you shouldn't that's, complain. That's true. That is very <laughs> true. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll be back soon, possibly as early as today if Anthony Davis goes <laughs> down. Uh, but yeah, when, whenever that trade goes down, we will convene as quickly as possible to assemble for that and do an emergency pod. Yeah. And then, yeah, look forward to some draft stuff next week. We'll have draft reaction, of course. And then free agency is 16 days away. So And the Wizards still don't have a general manager. Yeah. <laughs> and the one they hope to hire might be in jail soon. So we'll see. Oh yeah, that's 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 also a story. My God, the storylines this year. Yeah. Like, if we should wrap up the the, the season here. Oh my God, I mean, Markel Fultz started 15 games for the Philadelphia 76ers this year. That's my yeah. that is my summary for just how many the Chicago Bulls almost waged a player mm-hmm. mutiny. Yeah, like it, it has been a long, fun season. But we thank you all, as always, for sticking with us. We've had a really good time. We will have a lot more in the month to come. Uh, in the months yeah. to come, I should say. But especially yeah. the next few weeks, we'll, we'll be pumping out plenty. Um, so, yeah, stick with us. Follow us on the NBA pod or at the NBA pod on Twitter. You'll find all of our latest episodes there. You can also find us on iTunes or wherever else podcasts are found. Uh, on iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. And you can also find both of us at Forbes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I made my my Forbes debut this week, and I will be... Yes, you do. I've got the the Kawhi One Plus One thing coming out today. Um, For the Sixers people out there, I'll have an article this weekend on what they should do with the mid-level exception as well and how they should learn from the 2017 Detroit Pistons. So keep an eye out for that. Until next time... I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Take care, man. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.